Hebrews 11, Zechariah 4. I want to start in Zechariah. I can remember where God put it in the book. Still reading from the New Living Translation. Familiar. I've used it several times lately. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. It's not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit. King James says, Not by might, not by power. but by my spirit. It's not by force, nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing, not even a mountain, will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him, and when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, may God bless it. May God bless it. Then another message came to me from the Lord, and Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple, and he will complete it. When God gives you something to do, he will give you the power and the strength and the wisdom, whatever it is you need to not just start it, but to complete it. What does it say? Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. Verse 10 is where I want to see. Do not despise these small beginnings of the Lord. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. To see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. I'll read it again. Do not despise these days. Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. To see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. You know, nothing gets finished if it doesn't get started. There's a lot of people talk about a lot of things. You ever met that guy that has all the plans in the world and never done a thing? I've met him, have you? Every time you see him, it's something new. <laughs> it's a new idea. It's a new way to do it. It's a new get rich. It's a new, they all, it's always something. And he never starts anything, much less finishes it. Hello? The Lord rejoices to see the work begin. To see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. The word of God always, that plumb line is the word of God. It is the level. It is, it is, what, it is what sets the standard. It's what's going to make the wall straight. <laughs> what's going to build that temple on the strength of the word of God. Do not despise the days of small Beginnings. Hebrews chapter 11. How many knows you can camp out in Hebrews 11? Hebrews 11, beginning of verse 23. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. For they saw that God had given them an unusual child. He's not the only one. Some of y'all's parents looked at you and said, man, I have an unusual child. Now, they may have said weird, but they meant unusual. 
No, there was something evident about Moses from the time he was born. Like Jeremiah. Like Samuel. John the Baptist. There was something unusual about Moses from the beginning. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. Hmm. Fear could have stopped a lot at the, at the very beginning of Moses' life. He was born a deliverer. Do you know when he became a deliverer? I just told you, when he was born. He was born a deliverer, an unusual child. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose, he had a choice, he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. Now read that again. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. Who was he? He he was an heir of the king of Egypt. By faith he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He was an heir. He he chose it, thought it better to suffer than to own everything. Wow. That goes against some of the things we've been taught. What a dummy Moses was. Surely he missed God. But I think it says by faith. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because his eyes, he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Yeah, that's stuff that makes me think. How do you keep your eyes on the invisible? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. Because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover. And to sprinkle blood on the doorpost so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. Heavenly Father, help us tonight. Lord, that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would come and rest on your servant. Your word is anointed. Guide every word. Punctuate every sentence. Animate it to speak to our heart tonight, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
Do not despise the days of small beginnings. For the Lord is glad to see, the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. How does that tie to Hebrews 11? Where does the thoughts come together? There was no smaller beginning than a baby that was born of a slave. When he was born, he was born the child of a slave. Moses was born the child of a slave. That means they had no influence, no money, no following. But he was born a deliverer. Do you know why he was born the deliverer? I'll help you. Because God said so. There's something we need to get hold of. What God says he means and what he means he does. He told Zerubbabel, you're going to start the temple. You're going to finish the temple. How? Not by might. There's no, there's no politician coming to help you. Not by power. The armies are not going to fight them off. But it will be by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. He says, not, you are going to bring forth the capstone and set it on top, crying grace, grace unto it. The strength and the power of the grace of God is going to fulfill to the letter exactly what he said he will do. I come to ask you one more time, has God ever given you a promise for your life? And if he has, why are you not walking in it? If you're not walking in it yet, why are you not walking in it? Because God rejoices. He said, it's nothing. It's nothing. I'm insignificant. It is nothing. What if Moses had took the position that I am nothing? Not as in, I'm humble and I can't do it without you, as in, I'm not important. He, he did kind of go along those lines. When God called him to, to lead out, he says, I, can, I, can't even, I can't even talk. Argued back and forth, but God, God got mad about it. But it didn't change his calling. He did. Go read it. God got angry at him. But he didn't. But the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. He said, all right, good night. Aaron, you talk for him. But you're still the deliverer. If you're going to argue with me, let your brother talk, but you lead and you obey. You got it? Got it. Go tell Pharaoh... You're out of that house. He knows who you are. Go tell him to let my people go. Well, who will I say sent me? Because he ain't going to care about me. You know, that's what he was saying. I don't have no pull with him. I've left his household. I don't have any army to back me up. What do I, who shall I say sent me? You say, tell him I am. That I am. Has sent me. Well, that would have fixed it for me. Think about it. Y'all are still, y'all still, y'all st y'all's already at the end of the story. <laughs> Moses didn't have the rest of the story. Paul Harvey wasn't born yet. It was, he, it was even at I am that I am sent me that he had to disbelieve him. It, you know what it was? It was by faith. I find it interesting that it says by, by faith that, that Moses was looking to the Christ. They, had, they, 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 they hadn't even got to the age of the law yet. And he, but he was looking to Christ. That's what it says. Despise not the days of small beginnings. So the Lord, God rejoices to see the work begin. What's he called you to do? I'll look at you. God rejoices to see the work begin. He does. Okay, the work can never be, go forward, it much less be finished if the work doesn't begin. Sunday night, Mag. Not by might, not by power. By my spirit, says the Lord. I'm going somewhere. 
by faith. I lost my notes. You thought you don't ever need notes. I do not. He says, because I don't want you to miss a few things. Look, it's in there. Right in the word of God. Hebrews eleven twenty four, By faith, when he had grew up. You know what? There's things that God, he, his parents just knew he was a special child. Born for the purpose of God. Born a slave, born with no money, no influence. The time comes when he was born. Pharaoh's caught wind of all this stuff. He's wanting all of the, the babies of, of, the, of the children of Israel killed. But instead of, instead of obeying the king and saying, okay, kill my baby. <laughs> she built, a, she put, she built a, a, an ark and put him in the river. Pharaoh's daughter heard him cry, had compassion. I want to keep it. You know, it's like taking a puppy home. Can we keep him? Well, if we're going to keep him, somebody's got to feed him. Well, go find one of the, go find one of the, the, the Hebrews to come nurse him. Well, the, found his own mother. Called, that's a small beginning. Raised the son of Pharaoh. Y'all know what, God's beginning to deal with him and but one day he goes out and he sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, remember? And knowing who he was, well, I'm a deliverer. He went out there and killed the Egyptian. They'll think I'm a hero. I've delivered the first one. They didn't think he was a hero. They thought he was a murderer. They feared him. When he came back out again, they said, what are you going to do? Kill us like you did the Egyptian? You know what? He was out of order and out of line and ahead of his time. He needed to grow up. That's right, that's right. The, the writer of Hebrews recorded it when he grew up. You know, I think it's interesting that, you know what? God expects us to grow up. He, expect, he expects us to grow up. When he had grown up. Well, I, I think I can make a doctrine out of that. And it won't even be legalism. It'll be a doctrine. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, right? Let every word be established. Paul wrote something in, in, in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, when I was a child, I thought as a child. I spake as a child. I acted as a child. But when I become a man, I put away childish things. Jeff, I think I can make that doctrine that God expects you to grow up by faith. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You know, sometimes, you know what he had to do? He had to mature past his privilege. Yeah, he walks out there and just starts killing people. Pharaoh, you know anybody else? Have you ever thought about if that was anybody else? Has it ever crossed your mind that a Hebrew killed an Egyptian when the Hebrews were slaves and the Egyptians were their taskmasters legally? And this guy, this Hebrew walks out there in front of God and everybody and kills an Egyptian and he got away with it? Did it ever cross your mind why? He was from a place of privilege. He was Pharaoh's son. What you gonna do? His daddy is the king. Huh. So you know, he wasn't operating under his father's will. He was operating under his daddy's authority. That's a big difference. There are a lot of people that get things done because of who their daddy is. Not because of who their father is. When he grew up, 
he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Maturity matters. Maturity matters. Do you know what it said? You know what's even recorded of a guy named Jesus? You ever heard of him? Remember when he was born? Angels announced his birth. He was divine, holy, the Son of God. Then you see him at about 12 years old. I believe the Bible says they've gone into, the, into town and they can't find him. And they find him in the temple and he's teaching among the scribes and the, and the great thinkers. And they're all astounded at his knowledge and that he taught as one with authority and all of those things. But then he, they got halfway home and realized that they left Jesus at church. It happens. Ask the Smiths. It's happened before. It's happened to all of us, hasn't it? You ever left your kid at church? <laughs> it's happened to me. I mean, when I was a kid, I, and as a parent, I've, done both, I've, been the, I've been the perpetrator and the victim of being left at church. Where's Jesus? I thought you had him. I thought he was with you. I thought, oh, man, we're three. We've got to go all the way back. They get there, and what are you doing? Don't you know I must be about my father's business, he says. You know what it says then? It says, that's the last you hear of him until he shows up at the Jordan River. John the Baptist is going to baptize him and announce him as the Lamb of God. You know what it says about it? It says he grew in wisdom and in stature. You know what happened to him from 12 to 30? He grew up. He matured. <laughs> yeah. He grew in stature and in wisdom. That's what it says. Hmm. Interesting. Because he's my model. I'm going somewhere. Maturity matters. By faith when he... You know, God can, tell, God can tell you things that are for you and your calling. And he's got to wait on you to grow up. Is it, are you called? Yeah. Even chosen? Yeah. But you get ahead of being, you get ahead of growing up and you got a mess, ain't nothing worse. <laughs> well, I just thought of something worse. I can't share. There's not much worse than somebody that's immature having power. If you don't know that, then you've never worked for the boss's son. There was an old country song about that. It says, my boss is the boss's son. That makes for a real long day. <laughs> yeah. Power without maturity. That's a, way, that's a formula for a mess. That's why I have a problem with 18-year-olds making a million dollars playing football. But that's another story. That's a recipe for a disaster. Refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I'm talking to Mag. I'm going somewhere quicker than you think here in just a second. It's not by, my, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. He, his parents knew he was special. Chosen. Moses knew who he was. Who, who he had became. To refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter means that you knew that you were the son of Pharaoh's daughter. It means he knew you, knew, you know who you are. See, it's not by might nor by power. God, Moses was a chosen vessel. He was Israel's deliverer, God's man from the beginning. He preserved him through Pharaoh's daughter. That was not Pharaoh, his position in Pharaoh's palace was not his destiny. It was not, it was not who he was born to be. It was the means 
by which God got him to maturity where he didn't get killed. It was what protected him. It was what educated him. It was what gave him influence with his own people. But when the time came, he did not lead because of who he was. It says, by faith, that when he had grown up, that he, you know what, it took some growing up to not want to use his name and his title. Because he could have went at it like, don't you know who I am? You're going to follow me. I was born one of you, but now I'm one of them. And hey, I got your best interest at heart. Just follow me and I'll take care of you because I'm the son of Pharaoh. It was by faith that Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. It took faith to step out of that. It took, you're not hearing me, it took faith to walk away from everything that gave him the power, the finances, the influence, and everything that came with it. The, the, the Pharaoh of Egypt at the time was the most powerful man on the face of the earth. Think of him in terms of this, of, of what the President of the United States would be today. The, he, the, you know, the, the leader of the free world, they, they call him. Even, even with one that don't even know where he's at, he still has a lot of power. You know what? He still has the nuclear codes. He's still the commander-in-chief of the United States military. He's a powerful man. That was who Moses was raised by. He was his heir because it says that he refused he chose a different way rather than to own the treasures of Egypt. Not by might. Not by, God does not work through fleshy human means. You need to hear me. Somebody, I'm going to ask you again. What has he called you to do? What, if he's ever told you anything and said you're mine and you're going to do this, I need you to do this, and you haven't began, why? Because what he says he will do, he will follow through. And he, he rejoices when you begin, because when you begin, he will make sure you complete it if you keep your eyes on him. It was by faith that Moses grew up. It was by faith that he refused to be called. The, I'm not going to use my title. I'm not going to use my influence. I'm not going to use any of that. I'm going to walk in the Spirit of God in obedience to what he says to do. And that's how God's going to use me. Choosing. To share the oppression of God's people. Instead of enjoying the pleasures of sin. For a season, King James says. New Living says, chose to share in the, cho the oppression of God's people rather than enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. What a statement that is, that it is better, it is better, it is better to live under an oppressive regime, an oppressive system. It is better to, to, it is better to share in the oppression than to live in the momentary satisfaction that sin brings. Hmm. Does it feel better at the moment? No. Which is better? The people that you see live the high life for two or three years on all the money that a man could dream about that ends up taking their life or to have never known it. And to live at home on the farm with mom and pa. Which is better. He chose it. See, faith sees. Faith sees. Read what it says. It's over and over. It's about Moses. It's by faith. By faith. By faith. See, faith sees what your senses can't. 
Faith can see further than the moment. Faith can see the benefits that your natural eye can't see. Faith can see past the glitz and the glamour and the power and the prestige and the money and see the, the destruction at the end of it. Can see you missing out on the very thing you were born to do. Faith sees that. It goes on. Faith will give you vision. Mag, I hope you're hearing or will hear beyond just solid Bible exegesis. It's solid Bible exegesis. That's cool. That we need that. But you gotta you gotta hear what the Bible you gotta let the word of God speak to you through that exegesis. It's not enough to know what it says correctly. It's gotta speak to you. It's gotta guide you. It's got to move you. It's got to motivate you. It's got to cause you to see. Well, see, it's the Word of God that will come. Because faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the Word of God. It's by hearing the Word of God. Hearing is not just you can hear my voice. Hearing is that it, that it speaks to you. Back in Fort Smith, back in the day, there was a, well, the church is still there, but the, the original pastor of Harvest Time Tabernacle used to have a morning show, and the name of that morning show early in the morning was The Bible Speaks. And it does. He thought it better to suffer with Christ than to enjoy the privilege. said because he could see it even though it was invisible why he heard the word of God and when he heard the word of God faith came and faith hear me faith can see what your senses what your eyes can't It was by faith. It says that he was taught, he thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. Everything that we strive for today, we, I'm talking about the collective we, security, nice homes, power, influence, he had it. It was in his hand. And most people would think he had his success and let it slip away. What a foolish man he was. But what Moses could see is what I've tried to get other people to see. Oh, well, this one's doing that and they, they're, they're making money hand over fist. This one's doing that. And they, they, it's like everything they touch turns to gold. This one's doing, but you know, I'm over here serving the Lord faithfully and I'm barely making it by. I'm over. They have their reward. If he would have chosen Pharaoh's palace, that power and prestige and money and people say, oh, oh look, it's Moses, it's the Pharaoh. Yeah, that would have been, when he, when, he, when he died, that's it. It's gone. And it's lost. It was temporal. It can't last. But it said he chose rather to live for the great reward that would come from being faithful to the one who called him. I say it often. I'm going to say it again. People don't like it. It's okay. Because uh, I'm telling you again that the American dream and the gospel are not compatible. They're not compatible. People say, does that mean we can't, you're not supposed to want to own anything? That's not what it says. 
The American dream is about what all I can achieve, what all I can get. It's about what I can accumulate. You know, it, it is better to go into heaven blind and without hands and, and having nothing, the Bible says, and to make it than to have everything here. It's better. God has never minded people having things. I saw somebody list this list on Facebook today. I wish I, you know, I, I, I wish I could have the power of zap. I could really take care of a lot of our news feeds. Old Dane Hall one time said, you know, I don't know if the Facebook ever caused the blind to see, but it sure caused the, the dumb to talk. <laughs> Listed all this list of preachers and how much money they had. I thought, who in the world cares? Oh, most of them on there I would agree with. There are a bunch of charlatan pigs that are fleecing everybody. I get it. But, that, but you know what? God, God doesn't mind a man having money. I read three times last week when supposed Christian people, they posted this, they, three different people that I know posted this. It was a meme that says, if, 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 if money is the root of all evil, why does the church ask for it? I thought, you moron. First of all, the Bible says that the love of money, the love of money, the love of money, the love of money is the root of much evil. Some people make my eye twitch. Yeah. yeah. I have to talk to my face. Heather says sometimes I'm not good at it. Yeah, I've talked to you. I have to talk to my face because I've, I've kind of learned to keep my mouth shut, but my face. Some people they talk to me, and I know I'm squinting. You ever have somebody that was just so dumb that they made you just quit? <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. I got the look. Talk about it. Talk to your face. He was looking for the greater reward that comes through obedience. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt not fearing the king's anger. You think it was something whenever he decided to leave the palace. Now he's coming saying, hey, pops, not only am I not going to claim your name, not only do I not want to sit on your throne, not only that, I want to leave. And when I leave, I want to take all of your free labor with me. Now think of that. They've been, we, they've, you've had them for 400 years. They have built the majesty of Egypt. And not only I'm leaving, you're letting them go, and they're going with me. It says, by faith, Moses, not fearing the kids, the, left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. You say, I wouldn't have either because God was on my side. I'm going to tell you, when them horses were stomping down your back, when he did go and you were facing the Red Sea and you can't swim that far, much less take three million people swimming with you that far, and you can't climb those mountains and all that army is closing in behind you, you can see the dust cloud coming. You say, I wouldn't be afraid. You'd have been afraid. You say, well, I must have missed God. I'll remind you that what God starts, God can finish. God picked that fight. See, when the, Egyptian was, when the Egyptian was on the Hebrew, Moses picked that fight. But when it came to Pharaoh and, your, and, and, and what he was really born to do, what he was really called to do, when he came out of 40 years on the backside of the desert, what was he doing? He was growing up. <laughs> and he was, able, he was getting into a place where he could hear from God, he could see God, he could communicate with God. <laughs> did, did you ever read that whenever he's out of the burning bush? It says that he was walking through the desert and he saw a, a bush burning and it says that he turned aside and went, and went to see. And you know what the Bible says? Look, it's in there. Go look, it's in there. 
Go look. This is wild. This, go look. It's in there. It says, when God saw that Moses saw, it's in there. It says there was a bush burning. Moses saw it. He turned aside. I mean, he went to it. I got to see this thing. How is it that it's burning and it's not being consumed? And the Bible says when God saw that Moses saw that he spoke to Moses. It makes you wonder. I have to wonder. A friend of mine wondered. I'm going to wonder aloud too. How many burning bushes were there that Moses never saw? How many did he pass up that never caught his attention? That he turned aside to go see what God had to, what, what God was up to. Sometimes you're going to hear from God. You got to stop. You got to go check it out and say, "What is going on here?" It says, "When God saw that Moses saw." Well, that's what it says. When God saw that Moses saw, you know what? You know what that meant? He said, "Now that I got your attention, and I know that I have your attention, I know that I, I have caught that you that I've got you." Now I'm going to speak to you. It was there. It was, it was when God saw that Moses saw that Moses stepped into his destiny. He said it was there that he says, Moses, take your shoes off. You are standing. You know what it was? You know, the, the place where you're standing is holy ground. What he was really saying, Moses, take your shoes off. You're standing in the presence of the king of kings. Said, you think you're on the backside of the desert. You think you've been to the palace before. On the backside of that desert before a burning scrub bush, he was standing in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Moses, take your shoes off. For the place you're standing, it's holy ground. He said, now when I got your attention, he said, now go back home. You know the way. And tell him. Go tell him. He said, didn't, he didn't say let your people go. He said, go. By the way, all of you anti-Semitic bigots out there right now, this turn that's, that's against Israel and the people, of, the people of God that are against the Jews, he didn't say, go let your people go. He said, you go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. They're his. Why? I don't know. You know why? I can tell you why. There's something we ought to learn about God. There's something very elementary we ought to learn about God and about the Word of God. That's a, that is a valid reason. It's the most valid reason. You know what that is? Because he said so. Boy, I never did like that answer from my mom. But you know what? It was a valid answer. My kids didn't like it when I said it. You know what? It was a valid answer. I can tell you right now, when God speaks, that's enough. The only reason that you need, that I need, is because he said so. Man, I can talk about something because when God said so, you can argue all day long, but all that, is, all that does is put you in a place of enmity with God. All that, is, all that does is make you a rebel. All that does is, is, is put you in a place, a dangerous spot. It's not a holy spot. It's not a mature spot. It's not a place of power. It's a place of, if you better, you better watch where you step, boy. You better back up and understand who you're talking to because he has the power to pull the breath out of your lungs at any second that he wants to. Yes, he does. He said in Job, he said, if I withdrew my spirit and my breath from the earth, that all flesh would perish together. Wow. Moses, take your shoes off. Well, I hadn't had a pedicure that well. Because he said so. You know, then, he, then his preacher mode kicked in. Then I've got to talk to you for just a minute. Because there's something about his calling that you need to hear next because it says, by faith, Moses commanded that the children of Israel keep the Passover. Now, show me. Does that make sure I'm not preaching blasphemy? Verse 28, put it up there. 1228. It was by faith 
that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle the blood on the doorpost so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. There is a, there is a, I've talked to you about maturity. I've talked to you about hearing. I've talked to you about obedience. Now I'm going to talk to you about his, his call and his responsibility of his call. His authority. And what he, was, what he was set in place. What in the world good would it have done to get them in a position to be released if they all died, if they lost all of their firstborn on the first night before they could even get out? What good would that do? You know what? Part of, of he, had a, he, had a, he had a mandate. Let's say it that way. The, the, the one that is called of God, hear me. You want to know why this preacher is like he is? Because somewhere along the way I realized that the call of God came with a mandate and a responsibility. And my responsibility is not to people's feelings. It's not to if they like me or don't like me. They want to come back or not. If they give or don't give. That is not the mandate. The mandate is this is the way. Walk you in it. The mandate is to stay true to the Word of God. The, the mandate is to, is to equip the saints for the work of the gospel. That's the mandate. It's not by poll. I can't remember if it was Tozer or Ravenhill, one of those, that said only a devil would build a church on a pole. That is taking surveys. Let me help you. Uh, not, not, build, not, not build it on a stick. It's a, a pole. They poll the people, what would you like? That, that was the model for the last 40 years in this country. That is the model. Frankly, Bill Hybels is who came up with it. You go to a neighborhood, poll the people, see what they'd like in a church, and build a church that matches that. He said, that, that only a devil would build a church by polling the people, he said, he said, you're leading them to the Antichrist, not the Christ. By faith, it was by faith that Moses commanded that the people of Israel keep the Passover and sprinkle the blood on the doorposts so that the angel of death would not come by and kill their firstborn. You know, you know what that indicates to me? Now help me. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the brightest bulb in the pack but I can read it indicates to me it says by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel I believe when he gave the institute of the Passover when God told him how to do it he says you're going to take a lamb a lamb for every household he says you're going to take it and you're going to, you're going to kill it and, and, you're, and you're going to eat all of it and if you can't eat all of it you're going, to bring, you're going to bring the other household and combine it so none of it's wasted so you don't waste the lamb you can't waste the lamb. And by the way, he says, you're going to eat all of it. By the way, when you get Jesus, you get all of him. You get all of him. You get all of him. That's why the cessationist doctrine that, that, the, that the miracles have stopped, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit have stopped, that deliverance has stopped, that the gifts of the Spirit have stopped. I got news for you. When you get Jesus, you get all of him. You get all of him. You don't waste anything. He says, catch their blood in a bowl, and you strike the lintel in the doorpost. Stay in the house, by the way. He told, he, go read it in Exodus. He said, strike the doorpost and the lintel and stay in the house. God did not nail the door shut. He did not put his hand over it with them kicking and screaming, trying to get out. He told them, you're going to have, let me, let me throw a word out. You're going to have to choose to stay in. You're going to have to be obedient. It's not enough that you put the door, that you put the blood on it's, whew, help me, Scott. It's not enough that you, that, that you applied the blood to the door and you, went down, and you went and sat down at the dinner table for a while and then after a while you decided you can just go out and do what you wanted to. The blood's on the door and I was in the house a while ago. I'm going to tell you, the Bible's right from beginning to end and that's why you've got to build, build doctrine on, on, the, on the whole Scripture. That's why you've got to have all of it. That's why it has to, it has to all match. He, said, he didn't say, once you've been in the house, you're always in the house. He said, you better apply the blood and stay in the house. You stay in the house. Go read it. It's what it says. It said, because if you don't, 
I'm going to tell you that's better preaching than most people can even dare to amen because you've got to get past all of your denominational doctrine to realize what the Word of God says. He said, strike the doorpost and the lentil. We can all agree that the Lamb was Jesus. We can all agree that, that, that the, you know what they painted? You know what they painted? I'll tell you what they painted. They painted the cross. You know how, you know what? Moses has already seen the Christ. That's what the Bible says. Apply the blood. Stay in the house. He said, and if you don't, you'll die with the Egyptians. He said, but if you do, that angel of death is going to pass over at midnight. He said, when I see how good you are, when I see your righteousness, when I see that you didn't mess up today, when I see that you're better yesterday, today than you were yesterday, when I see that you got it all figured out, that's not what he said. He said, get it, strike the doorpost with, your, with the blood, stay in the house. And when you do that, I'm going to pass, send the death angel passing over. And he said, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, you know what? I bet there were lawyers and car salesmen in those houses. I'm trying. You can, it's okay to smile. You know what happened with the, you know what happened with them when they applied the blood and stayed in the house? They were saved. They were saved. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. It's all by faith. Now, I laid all, I talked about Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power. You know, they come out of bondage. They were slaves too. Jerusalem had been destroyed. The temple had been, the walls were down. The temple was down. They'd been in Babylonian captivity. And now just a handful of them's coming back. Ezra's going to build the, the wall. Zerubbabel, Zechariah going to build the temple. No real means. No army, no protection. But you know what they had? I'm trying to help you. I'm, try, I'm hoping, I'm, I'm trying to speak. If I can just reach one person tonight. I'm looking for the day when there's a demonstration of the power of God that breaks this church wide open. But if I can reach one tonight, then I've done what I've came to do. When God called him to go do it, it was an impossible feat. God loves to call people to impossible things. In fact, that's the only thing God does. The only thing God calls people to is impossible things. Somebody hear me. He expects us to do what's possible in obedience to his word. Do you know that? We're all waiting around for God to do something. And God is not, God's not waiting on, God waits on, God expects us to do what's possible. God expects us to do it. He wants you to do it in accordance to his word and obedience. But he expects, if it's possible, do it. You don't, let me say it a different way. You don't have to wait around on God to do what's possible. Just do it. You don't have to wait on him. You don't have to, you don't, you don't have to even pray about it. If it's, if it's an obedience to his word, just do it. Boy, there, write a book on that. People waiting around on God, just do it. Just do it. You do the impossible, you do the possible, and then God will come along and do the impossible. And I'm going to tell you, anything He has called you to do, chosen you to do, Heather Armstrong, it's impossible for you to do it. It'll be by faith. You know what that is? That comes by the Word of God. in this room whoever you are I keep saying if God's ever asked you to do anything that's so dumb of me to say that because God has asked every one of you to do something 
And what he asks you to do is impossible if he asks you to do it. With men, things are impossible. But with God, nothing shall be impossible. Can I just read you what I'm dealing with? It's like a tomb in here. I just wrote it down. Is that okay? Now, this is one of those things that y'all can talk about. The preacher's lost his mind. He's foolish. He's silly. I'm not following a nut. All those things. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Over the last two days, here's one of the things that he's reiterated in my spirit again some 25 years later that he's beginning to speak to me again, Jeff, that he mentions every now and then. But some 25 years later, can I just, I just wrote it down. Is that okay? I remind you of what I've placed in your heart from the beginning. I've called you to be my voice to the world. Prepare yourself. Prepare Mag. Your voice to the church and to the world. Before I even go, you would not believe the reach of Mag Church already. You, you, you really would not because you're not in a position to get the phone calls, the emails, the, the travel. Mag Church already today, not going to, Mag Church already today reaches all over the United States and many places in the world that for some reason that people have found, follow, And hear this pulpit. You do not belong to the assemblies of God. Said so you belong to me. That's not about whether you have a fellowship card or not, by the way. It has nothing to do with it. I can tell you, this is a window into my soul. When I had a call and a mandate on my heart, back when I was ready to kill Egyptians, because I thought I was ready, God was letting me grow up and holding me back. While ministers by the dozens was leaving the church I grew up in, with help and endorsement and everything else. And, I, and there I sat and I would complain to God. I'd get my feelings hurt. Anybody ever got their feelings hurt? Y'all better quit lying because I know you. Anybody ever got their feelings hurt? That's why we live by faith in what the Word of God says, not by our stinking feelings. Because your feelings will manipulate you and get you out of God's plan. Because my feelings were hurt. If I'd have followed my feelings, I'd have, I'd have thumbed my nose at every authority in me and went and found me a church. Because God had called me. And he had. And one day, Jeff, I remember it well. I remember I was sitting. I was sitting right there. I always sit right there. If I go to church somewhere, get out of that seat because I'm going to sit right there. <laughs> and I was complaining to God that night about... Another, I can even tell you who was preaching. I was mad about who was preaching. I'll just tell you, I was mad about who was preaching. Because they were a dummy. And God uses dummies. He does. God uses dummies. Still using that dummy. <laughs> I said, don't even get me started about God using donkeys. God said to me that night, Jeff, he said, you're not one of them. He said, they've got their purpose. 
He said, you're not one of them. He said, you're mine. Now, and I want to tell you something. It is not an easy thing to stand up here and talk in these terms. Because people misunderstand it. They think it's pride. They think, no, 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 no. It's the hardest thing for me to talk about. Not an easy thing. People think you're crazy because, you know, the, half the world thinks you're crazy because you believe God talks to you. But those people, are their kids are eating Tide Pods. So, you know. And don't know what bathroom to use, so it's all right. I can live with it. He said, you're, you're mine. He said, okay. We're fixing to pray. I have, I am, and I will continue to open doors and put you in places that you could have never obtained or opened yourself. This is my work, and it's a sovereign work. I have, and he has. I am, and he is. And I will continue to open doors that you cannot, that you don't even have the, the impossible. Mag Church, hey, that's you. Us. Mag Church is my chosen place and means. Pulpit, and it is my chosen place, means, pulpit, and platform to accomplish my will through you. That's all of us. I have already opened doors that you never pursued. I've carried your voice to places of influence already. I have given you favor. I've put boldness in you. If you will obey me radically, speak clearly and boldly as I speak to you, if you will seek me, if you will walk humbly in my sight, I will walk with you and even go before you continually, opening doors and making a way. I will do exploits through you if you will fix your gaze on who I am. Follow me. Be sensitive to my spirit and to my voice. Don't get distracted by the noise around you. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Scripture. Keep preaching. Keep reminding. Keep leading. Exhort, convince, and rebuke. Do the work of an evangelist. You can trust me because you can hear me. And you can ask of me. And when the opposition comes, they're not trying to stop you. They're trying to stop me. They're fighting me. They're opposing me. Walk closely and obey. He said they might as well try to hold back the tide as to try to stop me. Now you say, how is he going to do that from Mag with a dork from Arkansas? He uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. I qualify. Despise not the days of small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And the bottom line is, Mag, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him. It's about the kingdom. And it's about being willing. Those are not easy things. Hey, if I just end up being a crazy that ate pepperoni pizza too late, fine. Fine. so by faith 
God is opening doors. And he's using this church. You're part of it. You know what? I'm able to be who I am and do what I do because this church supports me in everything that we do. Brandon, you can come and y'all can come. We're going to pray. The Lord is speaking to people in this room, probably people online, people that will watch later online. But he's speaking to people in this room right now. He's probably making you uncomfortable. He tends to do that. God equips you to do what he calls you to do. If you can do it, do it. That's not your mandate. That's just obedience. If you can't do it, that's good because God, that's where he needs you. In a place of total dependence on him. It is. That's where he needs you. That's where he needs me. Because everything I just said is ridiculous if God didn't say it. And it's impossible if God doesn't do it. And people can mock it if I've missed it. It's not a brag. It's not any of those. I don't miss much. (laughs) Because I'm not going to say God said it until I'm convinced that God said it. But God has said it. So we're going to take him at his word.